and welcome back to Football Ala Turca episode 9. This one will be covering match day 29, 8, sorry, 28 results of the Turkish Super League, including the Besiktas Başakşehir and Fenerbahçe Galatasaray derbies. We'll start off on Friday, however, but before we do that, I'm going to welcome my co-host, my returning co-host, Burak Sezgin and Özer Dinger, both coming off a one-week hiatus. Burak, of course, was in New York for... Uh, a Wrestlemania weekend and, and wrestling uh, extravaganza basically uh, an entire week of wrestling Burak, uh, how's it coming down from uh, any jet lag or anything like that? Jet lag, as I get older the jet lag gets worse and worse I mean, I was back at work today I couldn't get to sleep until 3am last night because of jet lag and it's been a nasty but I had lots of Sweets for America. I had lots of cool memories, lots of photos of my new iPhone that I bought whilst I was out there as well. So that was an awesome little acquisition. Oh, that's um, I had lots of shisha. I just bought a new iPhone too. <laughs> Indeed, I, I'm loving portrait mode. I'll have to share some snaps. Some. I don't even I'm off know to what that Istanbul is. soon as well. <laughs> portrait mode. It's it's where you make oh, yourself yeah. look ten times more handsome than you were already. Okay. Yeah, it's the only reason I bought the iPhone X. Is Portrait mode as well. It's worked wonders for my dating life. Okay, I, do, I don't need to do that. I'm I'm handsome enough as it is. But uh, I did buy I, I bought an XS as well actually this week. Uh, coincidentally, um, Kim's phone actually broke down, and I was looking for a new phone for her. And while I was doing my research on the XS, I was like, hmm, this is kind of uh, interesting. I'm just gonna order this. <laughs> so I I went ahead and ordered one on Amazon. Uh, got a nice. Uh, 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 discount on it as well so um, pretty happy about that but uh, this is not an uh, iPhone propaganda show Uzer, how was your week uh, how was your week off I should say yeah very good very relaxing I'm fully rehabilitated almost actually <laughs> uh, I was in London last weekend on the Monday uh, and I had um, I was out in the evening which is why I couldn't attend but so far less glamorous plans than Barack uh, no jet lag for me this week but um Slight hangover from the weekend because uh, I had a friend in town in Dublin who came to visit. So we did all the uh, touristy drinking things like the Guinness Factory and Temple Bar and all that kind of all that kind of fun stuff. But I'm slowly crawling back to life. So it's good to be back on the show, guys. Good to be back. Good to have both of you. Excellent. Next time we're in London, uh, hit me up when you're in London next time. Well, you weren't home this that's time. Oh, I will. Put up a beer. <laughs> I will. I will. Oh yeah, deal. Deal. Excellent. Okay, well, it's, it's right, great to and have... then uh, we can. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I said, and then we can we can talk shit about you, Erkan. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Well, it, it's great to have both of you back on. But uh, we have someone else coming back. Umut Nadere is back with us as well to talk about the Derby extravaganza, of course, Fenerbahce Galatasaray, uh, which we'll be talking about later. And, and we wanted to have Pat on as well, but unfortunately, Pat couldn't make it today. He had too much work to do. Um, so we couldn't line that up. And I also asked another friend of mine, Armand Polat, another Fenerbahce fan, but unfortunately he was still at work, so that didn't work out either. So it's going to be two on one tonight, and I'll be trying do my, doing my very best to officiate that match between Burak and the two Galatasaray boys. Uh, but Umut, thanks for coming back on, and how was your week? Uh, it, it was fine, actually. Uh, I was in Antalya, then came back in uh, Sunday uh, to Istanbul, from a flight and uh, reached the Galatasaray Fenerbahce Derby 
uh, at the last very minute. Uh, it was uh, really shocking, actually, for me. Well, uh, hard time. Let's save that for later. Uh, but oh, did yeah. you, you actually went to the stadium to watch the game? No, it was away. Yeah, yeah, I it was know. An away game. I know you go to other away games too, like Bashakshir Kasim Pasha. I think. Yeah, I, I think it's considered a dangerous game. <laughs> ah, yeah, so it's a high risk game. I want to injure myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think <laughs> because the worst, fans are crazy. The yeah. worst part's probably having to sit in the stadium for an hour or two afterwards uh, before you're allowed to let be let out. At least that's what it's like for European games usually. Um, yeah. but, but let's get started on uh, the, mm -hmm. the the happenings in the Turkish Super League for match day 28. So on Friday, Bursa Spor, Trabzonspor squared off. This is an interesting match, especially given what happened two seasons ago, where Bursa Spor were in a similar position in the league, where they were fighting relegation, and Trabzonspor kind of uh, gave them a helping hand, so to speak. But uh, that would not happen to on this night. Bursa Spor would lose at home 1-0 to Trabzonspor after a fabulous Abdul Kadir Omer strike. There were two penalty shouts early on by Bursa, but none of them... There were two penalty shouts early on by Bursa, but neither of them were awarded or checked by VAR. Uh, there was a very curious situation where Jose Sosa was shown a red card, but immediately after that was shown a yellow card. Uh, I think the referee probably just made a mistake in terms of cards, either that or... Um, somebody corrected him in his ear. I'm not sure what happened exactly. And in the second half, there was a penalty awarded, this, but this one was toward Trabzonspor after Abdul Qadir Umar uh, got uh, tripped a little bit in the box. I, I don't think he really went down, but he was definitely fouled. Uh, VAR awarded the penalty, but Jose Sosa missed it, or rather Okan of Bursaspor saved it. Uh, and, and then just one more point I I'd, uh, want to note here is that Urjan made two really good saves, the, Trabz the young Trabzonspor goalkeeper, and he had a good match all around. Um, but Bursa Spor uh, continue to uh, fail to grab points, really. Another loss. They weren't terribly bad here, but another defeat at home. Trabzonspor continue their winning ways uh, and continue to breed down Besiktas' neck for third place. But... Uh, Bursa Spor, it's starting to look very grim for them. Burak, I'm going to start off with you. Your thoughts, are Bursa Spor going to make it or are they going to go down this season? Um, I think they're going to be the club that survives. I think the ones that are going to go down will be Gerstepe, Erzurum and Akisar as it stands at the moment. I think Bursa Spor maybe have got a little bit more quality than the other three teams. Um, even though in this match they they could have played all night and not scored. Um, like you like you mentioned the Trabzon Sport goalkeeper made some great saves, even though that Porto Sport had three shots on target, ten corners in the game as well. So they did attack, but they just were lacking in that final third. So Orjan was inspired, but I think it's the lack of a little bit of lack of quality up front in Porto Sport that's letting them down. And like it, it, it took a, a pretty much a wonder goal from Abdul Kadir to break the deadlock. And I know Trabzon had the penalty saved for me it was a penalty there was a foul on Abdul Qadir um, that went to VAR and I just thought both teams just put in a bit of a bad defensive performance all around but even Trabzonspor were, were struggling um, up front I think they only had two shots on target all game as well and like I say one of them was that pretty much wonder strike almost from Abdul Qadir you know, great left footed looped in over the keeper um, yeah 
did, did Trabzon deserve the win? Debatable, but you know, if you have someone like Abdul Qadir who can pull something like that out of his pocket, then you deserve to to get the win. And, and Borussia Sport in trouble, but I think they will avoid the drop. Yeah, and Trabzonspor continue to win, like I already mentioned, but um, not always as impressive. Uzer, do you think they're going to pass Besiktas in the standings, or is Fort uh, as best as they can do? I think Fort is going to be as best as they can do, yeah. Um, they Although they have a lot of quality and they deserve to stay in the top four and be in Europe, I think Besiktas are just in a league above Trabzon right now. Um, the form that Besiktas are in, um, particularly the key players like Borak Yilmaz um, are just going to carry them through to third place. Yeah. As for Bursa, um, I think that they have just... I agree with Borak, they have just enough quality to probably stay up on balance, which is a real shame for Gerstepper. Yeah, but, for, um, for sure, but yeah, the two... Two well-supported clubs, so we're going to lose one of them most likely, which is a shame, really. Um, yeah. Although I have no love lost for, for Bursa Spor, of course, but still, I mean, for the league, it's it's definitely a loss if they go down, but the same goes for Gustepe. Um, Umut, as a Izmir native, what do you think? Is it going to be Gustepe? Is it going to be Bursa? Or perhaps uh, is, is, is Erzurum or Akisar going to sneak out of that top, bottom tree? Uh, who's going to go down? I don't think Axar uh, will make an impact uh, after the... Uh, no spoilers. Uh, this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't no, think fine, at all. Fine. But uh, as a Gustape uh, fan, uh, I, because I was grown up in Izmir, uh, I kind of liked the club. I played for them uh, in the uh, lower stages uh, when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, I... I want them to survive, but it is quite unlikely after these uh, weeks, uh, and they are not playing good enough, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think Bursa Spur has the chance to survive, but both are like uh, to, in a bad shape. Yeah. Uh, Bursa relies on Yusuf Erdan too much, and relying on a one player is a bad sign of effect. Yeah, it's true. We saw it with Besiktas overly relying on Quaresma the past, uh, I don't know, one half season or so. And uh, it's, of course, a player on a different level, but still, it's never good to overly rely on one player. Um, Yeah, that takes us basically to the Saturday uh, early game, Chaiku Rizespor Gustepe. We already spoke a lot about Gustepe here, but another team that can't get it done, really. Chaiku Rizespor winning this 1-1-0, rebounding from the 2-7 trashing against Besiktas last week. Uh, the only goal in the match came through Atif Cheshu in the 51st minute. Uh, it was really pretty much one-way traffic. I didn't count a single proper opportunity for Gustepe. Vidat Muric even had the goal disallowed for offside in the first half. That was uh, on the edge, but it was definitely, I think it was a correct call. The, the line showed it, but it was close. Um, and at the towards the end of the match, I thought it was pretty funny, but uh, the, the Chaiko Rizespor fans, of course, haven't forgotten about that, well, let's face it, screw job two years ago where Trabzonspor basically threw the game uh, to Bursa uh, after going up, but 
basically just gifted them three points, which caused Resist Sport to go down, which was very undeserved, uh, in my opinion. Um, but towards the end of the game here, the Resist Sport fans were chanting Kumeye, Bursa, Kumeye, Bursa, which of course translates to um, releg that Bursa will relegate, basically. Uh, I thought it was funny, especially given the fact that they were beating uh, their direct opponent as well during the process. So I think that kind of speaks a little bit to the integrity of the club though i mean resistport could have thrown this match it wouldn't have been any hair of their heads they could have thrown it gostepe could have won and that would have meant bursa would have gone into the relegation zone uh with a two-point deficit to gostepe but they didn't do this they they proved themselves to be uh better than trabzonspor in my opinion in that uh when it comes to the moral high ground and for yeah i think trabzonspor uh, should probably shy away from uh, shady business like that, especially if they want to lay claim to that 2011 title, uh, because um, it's uh, the definition. Never. Of, it's the definition of hypocrisy to uh, hold others to a different standard than you hold yourself to. Anyway, uh, very briefly on this match, we already discussed uh, the Gustepe uh, situation in the previous game, but Rizespor continue to impress guys despite that loss last week. But even I, I said it last week. They impressed in that match despite the scoreline and they continue to, to impress here. And this may still be the final chance for Galatasaray because we're going to get to that later. But la next week, it's Bashakshir Chaikovizespor. And if there's one team that's not in the top four that I could see pull off a victory against Bashakshir, it's Rizespor right now. Um, so quickly going to get your thoughts. I'm going to start with you, Uzer. Rizespor, do they pose a threat to Bashakshir next week? Do you believe in it, or are your hopes uh, kind of gone at this point? Interesting, interesting, interesting. That's an interesting point. In terms of form graphic, uh, Rizespor are definitely up there in terms of one of the best performing clubs since January. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of, uh, I kind of agree with your analysis there. It's just that there's always the kind of potential of, um, well, Rizespor are Erdogan's um, local club. Mm, and that's true. But, but they did prove here of, today uh, that they have the integrity. Club. Yes, that's true. That's true. I just I hope they continue with that 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 proof. To be honest, <laughs> I always get slightly nervous when uh, two teams who are aligned in some sort of political or, yeah, or kind when... of emotional emotional way uh, play each other. Yeah. But if it's purely down to football reasons, then yeah, why not? Riza Riza are one of the teams that could do it. And you, Umut, what do you think? Is Riza going to be the one that uh, thwarts Bashakshir's title aspirations? Well, they show some uh, sparkle when they played against Besiktas, but the score margin went too high after the second half. Uh, they conceded seven. But uh, this week they seem like a, quite uh, a bit of a team, uh, better than last week. I think they have a chance, uh, but it will be a draw, I think. That's still an interesting result. Yeah. I mean, a draw for Riza yeah. would mean Galatasaray yeah, would it, win, it, would come within two points, if I'm not mistaken, with a game in it, hand at yeah, Telecom Arena. Yeah, yeah, that's why, uh, why I, what I hope so. <laughs> okay, Burak, what do you think? Are these guys dreaming or is there a chance? I think Bashak Shahir will, will beat Rizespor comfortably. Um, it, it, there goes the um, shattered. Think, if, if you look at, at Rizespor's last six games, the yeah. only two they've lost are to Fenerbahce and Besiktas. Mm. You know, top. 
But but no. but against Fenerbahce well, it was very unfortunate team. for them. Wasn't that the match in which Skirtel <laughs> basically no that was Konya. But wasn't they got a red card there, an early red card? Uh, they still equalized with ten men, and then they conceded a late a late goal. That was very unfortunate circumstances for Rizespor. And I think the Besiktas game as well, very exaggerated scoreline. They played well enough in that match. Besiktas just were too efficient, too good in front of goal. But yeah. You make you know, their fair points, but they're they're two big teams they've lost to. So I think that might be some kind of hoodoo, mm-hmm. and so I think I think Bosch Shehir will, will win that comfortably, probably by you know a two goal scoreline. Um, and again, is that man Artur Sheju again scoring? Bloody yep. nuisance! His third goal uh, for Trike Rizespor now, and another game winner for him and Rizespor. Uh, yeah, in contention for fifth place, which can still. Give them a, a, a European ticket, so that's very interesting. Uh, let's yep. move over to Konya Spor against uh, Sivas Spor. This one ended all square. Konya Spor really having a, a season with a lot of draws, and Sivas Spor in the second half of the season haven't gotten a lot of wins themselves. Umerali Shahiner opened the scoreline here in the 22nd minute on a brilliant counter attack from Konya Spor, but only a couple of minutes later, Diabate. Uh, equalized in the 39th minute, making it 1-1. No more goals in this match. Konya Spor, Sivaspor, um, kind of a throwaway match at this stage of the season, so we'll not waste too much time on it. Do any of you have anything to add to this, or shall we move on to the main event on Saturday? I just think uh, is continues to impress and both make you pull your hair out. Um, <laughs> great th- a great through ball that ended up with the for Fana and Omar Ali, a classic FIFA cutback goal, a cutback goal which we always curse our friends about when they score against us like that on FIFA, and then he wastes a chance after when it's one nil to Konya, and then he wastes another chance when it's one one. So that guy just blows hot and cold too much. And if he can stay consistent, I think Konya would be in a higher league position right now. That's all I have to say. His mind is still in his million Gustavo. Uh, he left the club. Things could have been so different for him. Yeah, I think Jaovic was always kind of that. He, I, I remember two years ago when he was having that hot run. Uh, my, my my good friend Nadim, uh, of course, uh, you'll know him as Ankara Guju. He's Kocha. Uh, he made the argument that Vishka should go after him. And I said to him at the time, look, this is a player with a ceiling, and that ceiling is the Anatolian mid-table type teams. And I think he's proving that. He's not a top-level striker. He's a good striker for a mid-table team, but nothing special. And I think uh, he continues to prove that. I think he had a couple of hot months with Gustepe, but uh, it, it he's good, but not not very good uh, or anything like that. I think not a not an exceptional player. Um, but uh, if that's everything, anything left to add, let's let's move over to Besiktas Besiktas here. Uh, Besiktas beating Besiktas here two two one. Uh, Robinho had put Bashakshir ahead though in the 32nd minute, but Atiba Hutchinson equalized on a corner kick from who else than Adam Ljajic in the 42nd minute after Gokhan Gunnel had first headed it, but a uh, good save by Mert, but he couldn't stop the rebound from Atiba in the 42nd minute. A little bit of a uh, perfectly timed equalizer really for Bishtes to get them back into the match. And then Burak Yilmaz with a phenomenal volley in the 52nd minute on a German lens assist made it 2-1. to one. Um, It remained that way. Bishtes had several chances to increase the scoreline, but right at the end in the final seconds, Bishtes here nearly equalized. 
um, but that wasn't to be for the league leaders. This is Bashakshir's first defeat in 2019, and Besiktas remained undefeated in the same uh, year, in the same calendar year, 2019, and only themselves and Galatasaray are undefeated so far in 2019. Uh, Bashakshir first lost since December. Um, I think their second or third defeat in the season. I have to double check on that. Uh, but despite the defeat, 20-30 uh, minutes, very impressive in the first half. Besiktas came out of the gate firing on all cylinders. And for 15 or so minutes, they really choked out Bashakshir with high pressure and made it incredibly difficult for Bashakshir. They didn't know how to respond. But after that 15 minutes of high pressure... 15 minutes... Excuse me, of high pressure, uh, Bashakshir managed to take the match in their own hands. Bossed Besiktas around for about 20 to 30 minutes until the goal, a little bit after the goal. After that, Besiktas got back into the game. In those final five minutes of the first half, they were pounding on the door already, the equalizer, of course. Um, but then in the second half, you'd expect Bashakshir to come out and to just do what they did in that first half for those 20-30 minutes, but nothing was further from the truth. It la it took them until minute 82 to have their first attack. And uh, that's definitely worthy of note, I'd say. Uh, Besiktas in that same time frame could have scored a couple more. Kagawa had a really nice little lob that almost went in, just went over. That would have been a brilliant strike. Uh, Burak Yilmaz had a good-headed opportunity, but he headed it at Mert. Then there was Guven Yalcin, who had a great-headed opportunity, but he headed it just wide. Um, all in all, I think a deserved win for Besiktas. Uh, but still, despite the defeat, we can still see the quality in Besiktas. And there were just moments in this match where you, where I personally was thinking, thinking, God, these guys are impressive. When they were stringing those passes along... They just look like such a difficult team to beat, uh, despite that defeat here. Uh, Umut, uh, watching this game, your conclusions for the remainder of the season. Did we watch the 2018-2019 champions lose, or are they going to give it away? I hope they lost it here, I think. <laughs> but uh, they bossed the midfield during the first half, uh, really. Uh, and uh, Besiktas uh, seemed to be losing. However, uh, I think Karius uh, held uh, held Besiktas in the game yeah. uh, with with the saves. Uh, also, they wasted their attacks uh, during the first half and couldn't manage to uh, find any of those during the second half. And uh, a striker kind of Burak Yilmaz is uh, what. Uh, takes the team at the top level. Uh, he scored a brilliant goal for the team and a deserved win for Besiktas, I think. Burak, what do you think? I think it just goes to show that you don't celebrate with a stupid dance after you've scored like Rubinho <laughs> did because it comes back to bite you in the arse. Um, yeah, I, I hate but it like you said, I like, like to... Yeah, I mean, to echo the sentiments of, of Umut, and I think Karius had a great game, pulled off some, some good saves, um, even though Basakshi had managed to get six shots on target. So, and Besiktas only managed three, but obviously you can convert it to those. So, I want to, what a great goal by, by Burak Yilmaz that was. A great volley, just right into the 
you know the top four hackathon ride implore anyone to go check that one out on being sports or just type product you goal on twitter it should be one of the first videos that comes up um i, I think we are still watching the turkish league champions but i think besiktas have just captured like a really good run of form i don't know what's happened to shenol ganesh um like you say he's managed to finally you know crack the after code as you said um khan online on on your twitter feed and they seem to be that was playing <laughs> I, um, I think this yeah, was, it's, it's I, I think it was just some dumb luck here, <laughs> if I'm honest. Yeah, so, but Besiktas uh, are playing some really good football. And like you said, the first 15 minutes, you just came out the blocks and were all over them like, uh, like a rash completely. But then, you know, it's all the quality of Basek Shir coming through. That man, Edin Visca, again, with the assist for Robinho's goal, just continues to put in good performances. But Besiktas, you were just too too good for them on the day. But I think Basak Shehir have got two home games coming up next. I think they'll grab six points out of those and, and shake off this little um, blip, uh, shall we say. And you, Uzar, what do you think? Did we watch the the, the the future champions lose today on this on this day? Well, with a very heavy heart, I have to say yes. I'm afraid. Mm. Um, they, it's the third loss of the season the first one coming back in August and like you said December in between that yeah, but uh, second, uh, on balance they still played some, some some excellent football in the first half in fact the first goal was 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 really lovely as well the pass yeah. the crossfield pass Fantastic. to Edin Visca who then gave a brilliant assist and then uh, was nicely tucked in by Rubinho I mean I think they'll probably they'll come back to win the next two games I agree with Barak um I don't think they'll be able to beat Rizzo, uh, like we said before. Um, how, having said that, Besiktash are really, really on fire right now. I think they're the most on-form team of 2019 alongside Galatasaray in terms of points. 27 points have picked up this calendar year. Yeah. Um, more than in the first half of the season. More, than, Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, and I think the acquisition of Borak Gilmaz is just um, a masterstroke for the club because... Yep. He's just uh, eight, he's clinical, eight, superb striker. Eight goals in, in ten matches, that's phenomenal. Enough. Exactly. Yep. I mean, Mo- it's a real lesson to Galatasaray of how to sign a striker. For sure, but the most informed striker in the league right now um, has made a huge impact, but it's not just Burak, it's it's Lajic, who's been fantastic true, true. since since January. It's um, Dorokan. finishing is just is so lethal, you know, he's, he's so... Much confidence every time he strikes the ball. He he hits the ball so hard and so fast. Yeah, yeah this volley was a perfect really, example really, of that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he has a That's... ton of finesse. I mean, I don't know what what's got into this guy. Do you think he went yeah, he, he went had, years yeah, yeah. kind of. He's he's, he's always this, scored he his goals, like but he's never been the, the 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 perfect finisher. I've always criticized his finishing. I I think he's always been that guy. He's always gonna get his goals because he gets in so many scoring right. positions. But he tends to uh, mess up a lot of chances. But right. that goal, exactly. like you said, is a perfect example of a, of a striker that's just pouring with confidence. And uh, yeah, it was a fantastic goal. Perhaps contender for goal of the season, and we saw. Last week's Adam Ljajic's goal, definitely a contender for goal of the season. Besiktas are scoring some great goals right now as well. Not just uh, getting them, getting getting goals, but also in style. 
Um, but uh, yeah, let's move on to, to Sunday. I don't think there's too much left to be said on this match. Besiktas continue uh, a good run of form. This is four match wins in a row for them. It's the first time this season they've strung together uh, a four match winning streak. That's also telling, I'd say. Uh, they're now... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the standings later. But let's move over to Sunday. The first match on Sunday was Kayseri Spor against Ankara Gujur. This one was a pretty equal game until late when Tyler Boyd opened the scoreline, put Ankara Gujur 1-0 up. And then in the sixth minute of added time, Ilan Parlak scored in his hometown of Kayseri to make it 2-0 to Ankara Gujur. So this match ended Kayseri Spor 0, Ankara Gujur 2. Not too much to be added here. It was an, it was an interesting game with uh, chances on both ends. Uh, but again, Kind of a throwaway match. Both teams, um, Ankara Gujur, Kayseri, yeah, they might still be able to get fifth, but it's gonna be tough, I think. Uh, and and fifth place, of course, still interesting because if Galatasaray win the cup, fifth place could give rights to Europa League uh, football qualifiers at least. But um, do either any of you have anything to add to this game? Just that uh, Tyler Boyd does his thing again. Yeah. He's been uh, superb for Ankara a real revelation yeah. for the league as well. Yeah, I do have to add that I, at first when I saw the goal, I thought he was, oh, that was a lucky goal. But uh, then when I watched the replay, it was uh, very conscious of what he did. And it was a, it was a great, great goal. And um, just getting in there before the goalkeeper and managing to get that tap on the ball before any of the defenders. And it was perfect. Uh, it reminded me a lot of uh, Murat Hajolo. Back in the day, I remember him scoring a couple of those types of goals. But uh, yeah, uh, he continues uh, to uh, score goals. So we didn't see any from uh, Urgil. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Tyler Boyd continues his run of form. I think that's four goals and, and two assists or something in eight games for him. Mm. Um, I, any of you, anything left to add to Ankara Gujus' impressive run of form? No, me just another... And again, another Fenerbahce old boy, Ilhan Parlak, <laughs> popping up on the score sheet. It's like okay. they always seem to score when they leave us. And then also, Kaiser hit the post with the, the I think, the Dennis Tudic three kick just before oh, yeah. Uncle Lukic scored. So if yeah. that got in, that could have maybe changed the, yeah, the look of the game. There were also a couple of penalty shots for Kaiser Spor. It was one position where I was kind of like, hmm, Artem Kravitz was kind of being held for a bit. And, uh,. Might have been a little harsh to give a penalty, but I don't know. It was uh, flirting with it at least. But uh, let's move over to the next one. That was Antalya Sport against Kasim Pasha. This one ended 1-0. And here the goal, the only goal of the match, came in 23rd minute through Mevlut Erdinch, the former Paris Saint-Germain striker, getting on the score sheet here. And Chico got sent off in the 43rd minute for a pretty nasty but maybe not uh, intentional fall. It was a very high boot planted it into the guy's back, but he looked apologetic immediately after, like, oh my god, what did I do here? And it's like he realized he was going to get sent off. And of course, Far called in the referee to take a look, and uh, yeah, Chico got sent off there. No arguments, I think, can be made for that, but um, Kasim Pasha had a lot of chances. Antalya Spor had a lot of chances. This was a match that really could have ended 2-2, 3-3. Uh, there could have been a lot of goals, but we just got the one goal. Uh, anything to add, guys? Just that Boffin had a great game yeah. um, in goal for uh, Antalya. And uh, Sardar as Khan you know, had a chance to equalise at <laughs> yes. so 1-0. But, of course, we know... Oh, to, to make it 2-0. Uh, oh, yeah, to make it 2-0. Sorry, but we know he's not the best finisher. Yeah. Um, and 
I think what was it? Um, Custom Pusher had a glorious chance at one 0 down. I can't remember who it was, but it was Tenziga that man. had a couple. Um, yeah, there were yeah, some carambols in front of goal. Boffin was great, and yeah. the first—he's uh, been disappointing for me this season because when he was at Eskisir and and like the first season or so at, at, at Antalya, I thought he was always one of the better goalkeepers in the league. But this season, he's had a lot of stinkers. But this definitely harkened back to his glory days uh, in the Turkish league and uh, he definitely put in uh, a, a good performance here I think it broke down like it was the uh, Kagawa's debut <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was probably pretty hard on him uh, but he, he didn't play a good game there I mean he was to blame for a couple of those goals for sure um, but let's uh, move over to the Malatya Sport Alanya Sport match this one ended all square and uh, everything happened here within the first 15 minutes really crazy match Adam Buk gets on the score sheet in the 6th minute from a penalty spot after uh, Abubakar Kamara had been brought down in the box and VAR awarded a, well VAR uh, through VAR the referee awarded a penalty and only a couple of minutes after that Abubakar Kamara goes around the goalkeeper uh, but fails to put it home puts it wide and then in the 12th minute Junior Fernandes puts the equalizer on the score sheet in the 12th minute we saw a red card for Jehun Gulselam uh, after his first yellow card in the 24th minute and then a second yellow in the 33rd minute that resulted in a penalty kick for Malatya Spor. Uh, an opportunity to put them ahead once again but Adam Buick this time could not convert from the spot. Haidar saving it and then in the second half it was... Uh, Despite how exciting the first half was, especially that, that those opening 15 or so minutes, the second half had almost nothing in store. Only a yet red card for Erkan Kash after he made a fall. Uh, and then I think he yelled something at the linesman or something. And he got sent off in the 81st minute, so Alanyas bore down to 10 as well. Um, yeah, Alanyas... Uh, hmm. I'm confused now. <laughs> no, it's uh, Malatya Spor down to 10 men, sorry. So uh, Jehun for Alanya Spor had been sent off in the 33rd minute and then Erkan in the 84th for Malatya. So the match l ended in uh, 10v10, but uh, Alanya Spor playing with uh, 10 men for uh, almost uh, an hour, or including extra time, at least an hour, and Malatya only for about uh, 10 minutes or so. So uh, Alanya Spor hold on, so to speak, although they had a couple more opportunities. Uh, but uh, Sagan Yalcin uh, having a, the, the, the train back on track for Alanya Spor. They're comfortably in the belly of the standings and they won't have to worry about relegation. Malatya Spor a little bit disappointing still given the fact where they were at half time so to speak in uh, the Turkish Super League. Um, after 17 match days they were in contention for Europe but they still are if Galatasaray wins the cup because they're in fifth right now but um, They've been disappointing in the second half of the season, guys. Uh, and again, I'm going to breeze past it. Anything to add? Because we want to get to the next one, of course, where we're going to spend the bulk of this podcast talking about. So if any of you have uh, any remarks to add to this match, please do so. Just it was a, a tough game. I mean, I think each team had about 15 fouls each. So um, I, I don't know why. It's Malacha mm. and Alanya. Yeah, lots they, of yellow cards. It doesn't seem too. to be any big... Yeah, so anyway, we'll let them have their fun. Um, and <laughs> it means it means uh, Jehun is out for the game next week against Fenerbahce, so... Hooray. <laughs> Not a huge loss, sir. <laughs> exactly, so... Well, he's, 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 he's a pretty solid player for a team like that, I think. Uh, 
Anyway, let's move over to the Fenerbahce Galatasaray derby, the main event of the weekend. And given the events on Saturday, this match had major title implications and perhaps could be, I don't think even think there's any question about it, this was the match of the season for Galatasaray. This was the must-win match the first time since 1999, but they were going to do it. They were going to win away at Fenerbahce and become the new champions because they would, with a win, they would come within three points of leader Basakshi here with a game in hand at the Turk Telecom uh, complex, but it wasn't to be. Onyekuru gets the scoring started in the 66th minute against a 10-man Fenerbahce. They had been down to 10 since uh, half-time. Hassan Ali Kaldirim had gotten a red card for a last-man fall on Mbaye Diagne. We'll get to that later. But um, yeah, at that point, you think Galtzrai pushing, dominating, having the ball, pushing for that goal. Finally get that breakthrough in the 66th minute. It's done. Galtzrai got their first historical win in the Sukhvashar Solish Stadium since 1999 in 20 years. But it wasn't to be because Elif Elmas pulled it level just five minutes later on uh, Nabil Dirar assist in the 71st minute. Uh, there was definitely some contestion there, a VAR check. There was uh, definitely a scent of a fall uh, in the build-up. But the referee Ali Palabayuk allowed the goal. Um, and it stood 1-1. Galtrai could not find a late winner, despite heaps of pressure, but no real opportunities uh, that I can recall, at least. Uh, Sofian Figuli, by the way, getting the assist on the Onyekuru game. I thought Figuli had a good match and continues to uh, take responsibility and take a leadership role in the team. Uh, definitely the second half of the season. I think he's been stellar, one of the more informed players in the league. Uh, but it ends all square. Galtrai have now officially uh, not won for 20 straight years at Sukhushara Solo. They, of course, did win the league there in 2012 with a draw. But it's been 20 years. Uh, and I know I'm, I'm laying it on tick, but... Um, Fenerbahce, red card, 45th minute for Hassan Ali Kaldrim, last man fall. Initially, Ali Palabiuk gave a yellow card, and I was really upset about that because... If you give a card, if you deem it to be a fall, it has to be red. You cannot give a yellow card for a last man position. And I hate it when referees do that. And I'm so happy that VAR is here now because VAR can prevent that. Although we've seen it happen in the past, uh, though, um, still. Uh, I think uh, Louis Dama in the cup against Hatay got a yellow card uh, as well. Instead of a red for a last man fall. Or did he not get a card? And wasn't it even a... There wasn't, a, there wasn't a fall called, I think, actually. I'm not sure. But um, I hate it when referees do that. Give you yellow instead of a red on the last man. Because it's it's just, you know, throwing the rule book out the window. So if you think it's a fall as a referee, you have to give it a red card. There's no debating. So VAR intervened, pulled Palabiuk to the sideline. And he awarded the red card then and there. But really, in, in the footage that they showed on VAR... You couldn't tell if there was actually any contact, so I don't really understand how he changed his mind by looking at it from that angle. He should have asked to watch different angles, but he didn't. Uh, but 60 minutes or more with 10 men for Fenerbahce, but they still managed to scrape by a point. Now, I'm going to throw to uh, Umut first. Umut, please let me know what your thoughts are on this match. Did Galtrai get robbed by the referee? Because that's a sentiment that's definitely... Um, yeah, definitely present among the Galtzrai fandom right now. 
Well, initially, uh, all we have to talk is that uh, I think Valhanda getting suspended very early on in the game. So uh, Fatih Terim didn't take the risk to uh, uh, put him for the next uh, half of the game. So he just played with Emre Akbaba for the rest of the game. So he didn't made uh, he didn't make any impact at all so i think uh, it was just hard to play uh, against a compact team who is defending uh, in their home ground and uh, also fans uh, cheering for them uh, also the psychological uh, things uh, about the like 20 years fact uh, not even ha- having a point or like a win in the Shukru Sarajal Stadium. So it was hard for Galatasaray, yeah, even just uh, scoring the goal uh, and not even uh, uh, remain uh, the lead after the goal and conceded just after that. It was hard for the Galatasaray, I think. Um, and same question to you, uh, Uzer. Do you think Galatasaray got robbed by the referee or did they... Do they have themselves to blame? Uh, well, I think it's a combination of two. I know that's an easy get-out for the answer, but the referee definitely made an impact and a negative impact. And Galatasaray sorry, a right to complain. But it, when you when you kind of zoom out and take a look at the, the macro view of things, 20 years, you can't win a match in your rival stadium. I think there's a huge amount of psychological pressure whenever Galatasaray play. I mean... Look at it on paper. This is the best opportunity we've had in a very long time to, to turn that to turn that around. Fenerbahce are having the worst season in their recent history. Uh, Galatasaray are second in the league. Uh, Fenerbahce go down to 10 men relatively early on. Uh, gives the the upper hand to, to Jim Bomb. But still, you can't capitalise on that. It takes the time until the 65th minute to, to go ahead. And then just five minutes later, you concede... And then that whole, the joys of, um, or the, the, the fantasy of finally winning in Fenerbahce evades after five minutes and suddenly you're going back to, oh no, it's happening again. So the psychological impact needs to be, uh, needs to be appreciated here yeah, alongside the referee's mistakes. Um, but also, when talking of mistakes, Terim also had uh, a few mistakes, I think, in, in this game in terms of his tactical situation, tactical um approach to the game in terms of his substitutions in the game which were late and probably debatable I mean bringing on Sinan Gamush who hasn't really delivered at all and more than the season was was a in my view a mistake uh, taking off Belhanda was correct but maybe he should have brought somebody else on perhaps Selchuk even uh, and I'm amazed that it's me saying this as, as, as a, such a outspoken critic of Selchuk over the last couple of seasons but definitely think Selchuk would have made some impact in this game Certainly more than Bell handed it. So I think, in terms of the blame game, referee sure attack referee for all the right reasons, but we have to take some of the blame on our own shoulders as well. So when we're moving here over to the derby debate, uh, first we're going to bring in a special guest to even the odds a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, Armand couldn't be in here for the entire recording of the of the conversation, but um, 
Uh, we've already heard the points of our Galtzribe fans, but we'll uh, give it in a second again. We'll recap in a second. But uh, we're bringing on Armand Pollard here, li live from the United States of America. Uh, Armand, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us and, and evening things out and, and giving Burak a fighting partner in this uh, furious debate that's going to take place, no doubt. Yeah, I had to be here for backup, so I had to speed on home after work. So just, just to get Burak some help. <laughs> thank you for having me yeah, thanks for being on and uh, of course uh, we just heard Umut and, uh, and Uzer's points already um, a bit of a difficult situation where yes the referee didn't have a great game but Galtzray also have to look at themselves a little bit for uh, their, their, their inability to, to pull off the victory here um, so I'm gonna throw to you first, Burak, to get a little, to, so Armand can get a little bit in the flow. Uh, what did you think? Did was this a right result, or did Galtzray kind of get robbed here, uh, or do you perhaps have a differing opinion? Do you think the red card for Hassan Ali wasn't correct? Um, I'd like to, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter. Well, um, the, let me just uh, start by saying twenty years. Um, better luck next season, gentlemen. Um, let's see how it goes. <laughs> I, I do agree with with. Uh, Aussie, where he says there's a little bit of um, mental pressure on the Galatasaray team. I mean, you always hear stories from players around this time of the year uh, from ex Galatasaray players. I was watching one online on Twitter earlier from Volkan Arslan. Um, you might remember him, the bald with the bald guy with a little bit of the goatee beard. With the pig face, yes. Saying, um, <laughs> if you want to say that, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say he's a very <laughs> handsome man. Um, but he was saying it was a day before the derby at Kadokai and Galatasaray players were in the camp and, and the coaching staff brought in Ata Demirat, a famous Turkish comedian, to kind of relax the players and put them in a better state of mind. And then Volkan Arslan goes on to say, then we let in four goals. So they'll say maybe Ata Demirat relaxed them too much. But um, looking at the game, I, th I think we stole the draw. Um, we were we were we were so bad. I was, I was so upset with how the team performed, just because there was no, f there didn't seem to be any fire in in the team. So there, I wanted someone like a Sadok in there, maybe to actually show that someone cares about the game. And um, watching our midfield was just frustrating. Tolgai was just a passenger. He was lackadaisical, very uh, laissez-faire, as the French would say. I Told you, kept giving the ball away. Uh, exactly. So, you know, I wish we just sent him off to have his Donat Durham and played someone else in there like Gileson. Um But we invite the pressure on from Galatasaray so much. So Galatasaray were defending very high up the pitch and we were sitting far too deep for my liking. And I can't recall any passage of play when we put together a, a good spell of possession football with some passes. Um, I mean, if I'm looking at players, you know, I think... Uh, Elif had a decent game playing in his preferred attacking midfield um, position, but still he didn't, you know, impress as much as I would have liked him to. But of course, he did. He did score the goal. Um, and uh, fact, Elif Elmas was two months old the last time Galatasaray beat Fenerbahce at Kodake, which was December 1999. Um, um, but like I say, the the son of the red card. If we're going by the letter of the law, and we've said before in a podcast, I'm a man of the law, um, IFAB rules state that law. 
indeed. Um, <laughs> what we're dealing with here is a serious lack of respect for the law. Rest in peace, Keith Flint from the Prodigy. Um, <laughs> but um, we saw... A, I'm looking at the foul. I'm looking at the replay. And Hassan Ali, it looks like he's giving uh, Jagnet a little, little, very effeminate handshake. And, you know... Uh, you know <laughs> That's a good the one. Donkey Jag... <laughs> Keep going, keep going. It is, you know, he doesn't, he, he doesn't yank, yank him. There's no kick on the foot. He's like, he's like a very effeminate. Thanks for coming to my party. See you later, uh, Jagne. <laughs> and then Donkey Jagne or Dingy Jagne, however you want to you know, name him, he trips over his own his feet. Like he's got two left feet, like a bad ballroom dancer. Giovanni Elber style. Yeah. Do, do you guys remember that one? 2001 oh, Champions yeah. League, Champions League uh, final by the against pass. Valencia. Yeah. He hooks himself, he falls over his own feet, and he gets a penalty, and, Galt's, and, and Byron win the Champions League from that penalty. It's just, um, so, for me, red card, yes, but so soft. But, like I say, letter of the law, red card. Um, but, like I say, Jagner, once again, proving to, to be just a, a massive waste of money. Um, he's, he's only scored penalties, I think. Um, he scored, maybe he scored one headed goal. Four he penalties one, and two goals players. from open play. One of those goals from open play was a deflection from Hemer Agbaba's yeah. header. Should be right. um, yeah, but, but on like I say, I was I was disappointed in our performance. I, I don't know what Arsene Yellow was was doing. I mean, Alpar put. Protocol. I understand the the thinking because Alpar's got some legs and he can run, but what has he done to his hair? Oh my god! Um, oh, when I saw him come, the, he misses the winner at the end. Yes, yeah, because he's shit. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> that, that, that's why. I, I um, always, I always just... liked Alper. I, I, I still do. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm still in denial. I, I, I still just... think he can be rehabilitated. But I, don't know. I think he just needs a hug. Yeah, maybe yeah. Um, <laughs> a, a hug and a, like a number zero clippers to shave off that monstrosity on his hair. Um, but you know, I was disappointed with um, the tactics. I was disappointed with the way Arsenal set out. Um, we just looked like we, you know, were sitting too deep, and I, I couldn't see any fire in that team. I wanted someone like a Sadik on there to, you know, give a crap about the fact that we were playing a derby. Um, maybe I saw some fire from Soldado at some times, and. I saw some fire from Mehmet Topal when he when he kicked Linus in the chest. So <laughs> oh, that was an absolute scandal. <laughs> scandal. So oh, that's that's my thoughts. Um, and again, thank you, Arman, for joining to back me up. Just followed you on Twitter, by the way, as well. So um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, and if you sort of agree with me, disagree with me, and what disappointed you um, about our performance, and what you were you were impressed with, and, and what got you fired up a little bit on Sunday. I'll do my best, but um, I'll try to keep this as I'll su summarize as best as I can. Uh, I did agree with you that our Arsenal's game plan was not impressive whatsoever. <clears throat> as for the whole Hassan Ali situation, I don't. I still don't know because I looked at the replay and I'm mm -hmm. like, there's not enough for me to even call yeah. a foul. Really, a foul, I feel like right? it's like yeah. very minimal contact. Plus, I don't know if Jagna does it end up tripping on his own leg. Is he even going to fall down, giving a reason for the ref to call a foul? So it's more like, I don't know. Like, I still haven't made up my mind on that. If there is a player who should have been sent off, it's Mehmet Topol. Oh, 100%. That one, I'll, 
argue till the end of time with because he's made a lot of very sketch tackles after his yellow card, basically asking to be sent off. And luckily, he didn't get sent off and we would have been uh, down to nine men if that were the case. Uh, even before the yellow card, the red card from Hassan Ali, we weren't even playing that well. Um, personally, I was expecting Zaitz to start over Evi, especially since AKG wasn't even starting. <clears throat> wasn't even playing cause due to suspension last week. Um, there was very little going on. So there wasn't really any sense of urg- urgency and never really any belief that we were going to like win the game. Uh, the sense of urgency came in after Galatasaray scored their goal. Um, but after that goal came in, again, it was back to just defend for your life and don't concede a second goal. The substitutions were horrible, if I'm going to be totally honest, aside from Jalson, because as much... Khan knows how much... like I'm a fan of Tall Guy, but I feel like he's played way too much than he should have because given the fact that he hasn't been playing for months prior to joining us, I don't think he she, she should be playing as much as as much playing time as he gotten already because you already have players on the bench who have been playing at, yeah. such as Yellowstone who I, I like think Johnson, yeah. should be starting he should be starting weekly but the fact that he's not is kind of mind-boggling to me um I was expecting uh Valbuena to come off the bench but I guess uh, he wanted I guess actually I don't want to do that to play a right back which caused Isla to play off the bench um there was, I mean, I understand the ref, uh, some points of the referee. There's a lot of bad calls made, but it is tur- like in the end, it is Turkey. So you're not gonna like see consistent refereeing week by week, and it's just another argument of is VAR useful for Turkey or not? Because you have some weeks where it's used great, and some weeks where it's used and not even, and and the correct call is not even made at the end of the review, or they don't even go to VAR at times where they should go to VAR. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, it was a very lackluster derby, especially for Galatasaray, because here's the thing that I was like shocked on my on my part for their performance. Number one, day before, you just saw Başakşehir lose to Besiktas. So that should give you the indication like, okay, guys, <clears throat> we have all this momentum going into the game, you know, the uh, team that we're trying to chase for a championship just drop points, and we have all the momentum in the world right now to go to Kadıköy and get a win here. And not even, even like whether it was while we had 11 men or after the red card, aside from the goal, I can't think of one possession goal that I had where it was like a 100% clear cut chance to score. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can think of is the shot that. I don't. I think Linus had the shot, and it went off. Jarosson hit the post. That's all I can think of right now. So, as disappointed as I am for Fenerbahce's performance, if I was a Galatasaray fan, I would be even more disappointed. The fact that yeah, there were some calls that should have should have probably gone your way that didn't. But the fact that you had at least sixty minutes or more playing with a one man advantage, and you were unable to constantly come up with like create some chances for yourself to score, especially when you have Fatih Tenemis, your coach, who's like, quote-unquote, the best motivator in Turkey for coaching-wise. Um, it was kind of surprising that he they weren't able to pull it off, and it kind of gave me the indication uh, after the game. I'm like, I'm pretty certain that the next time Galatasaray come to Kadıköy, 
Fenerbahce can make a starting 11 filled with toddlers, and Galatasaray still wouldn't be able to get a, get a win. I feel like it's come to that point at this uh, like at this time because there have been so many instances where <laughs> there have been so many instances where people are like, you know what, this is the year. And personally, all I heard prior to this game was, this is the year because this is Fenerbahce's worst season. So there's no better time for Galatasaray to get a win than now, which I totally disagree with. Personally, I thought the year that Gossai had the best chance was the, the week after. No, no, no. The week after we Fenerbahce got eliminated from the Europa League against Benfica because mm-hmm. after we've lost literally every game after that, and the only game we won was against Galatasaray. And because we, I think we lost the game against Gensheibiri the week after, and then we lost the remaining of our games. We just beat Galatasaray, and that was it. And the team was so mentally demoralized. We're like, I don't even think they wanted to play anymore after getting eliminated. So I was like, Galatasaray has, they're already champions. They have Drogba, they have Schneider, all these Burak, they have all these players, which they've, they've had better squads than what they have this year. And still, those teams were not able to come in and just, you know, mm-hmm. get a win at all. So it's like, I don't know. It's obviously when it's this long, it's more a mental factor, which I don't know what else. They, I feel like they've tried almost everything in the book. And you've heard players, you've heard previous players, I think you heard Schneider earlier in the week saying, like, you know, we thought this was the year, and next thing you know, like, we can't, we can't even do anything when we get there. Like, it's it's a whole different atmosphere. And for, like, the Fanabacher players, they just, you know, they see it as, like, a holiday. They're like, okay, we get to play golf side. They're more motivated for the derbies than anything else, even, like, at their worst point of the season. And, like, that's I, that's what I think is the main factor with Fenerbahce. That's the only, like, silver lining I can, like, get out of this is no matter how much they're losing in a derby, they always find a way to get themselves back in the game. Like, no matter how bad the season's going, you've seen it time and time. Yeah, it's true. Every single derby this season. They've never led one. All four of them, they went down uh, and they got back into the game. The first one against Besiktas went 1-0 down in the second half, got a relatively late equalizer uh, through uh, Ayu. Then the Galtzrite Derby in Turk Telecom, 2-0 down after, what, 60 or so minutes and still get a draw there, 2-2. Then, of course, the 3-3, not too long ago against Bishtesh, 3-0 down at halftime, still get a 3-3. And now this, I mean, if anything, Fenerbahce's uh, victories this season, have, uh, this season have all come in the form of a draw, oddly enough, but... They have shown that mental resilience in these derbies, even in this match where they they didn't play a good game. Uh, I think against Bishtesh they didn't play a good game either. In the first half they were dreadful, but then in the second half they picked it up and Bishtesh completely collapsed. But uh, and it kind of the same thing really against Galatasaray and Turk Telecom and, and against Bishtesh at at, at Sarajevo. Like all four of those derbies, I thought Fenerbahce were quite poor, but they still got the result, at least a draw. Um, and it just goes to show you, maybe they're a little bit lucky, but it's also a mental aspect for sure, no doubt there. And you can even see it seep through to Fatih Terim, because after the match, I, I believe he was even in tears. And I think that kind of speaks to um, how much of a mental obstacle. I think this match is, is so much more, it, it's almost impossible. To, I can't remember the last time I've seen a good Fenerbahce Galatasaray derby. It's always a gritty 
match where not a lot of chances, most of it gets fought out in midfield, and, and there's not a lot of clear-cut opportunities, it doesn't happen too often, um, and, and usually the matches in terms of match quality are relatively, are quite disappointing, and we saw it again here, I think. Um, but, Uzer, what do you think of the mental aspect? Is this becoming a massive issue for Galtzrai, uh, this, this Kadikoy, um yeah, obsession, or... or yeah, well, look, it's 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 just one game in the season. So, I've always been of the opinion that I don't care if we lose in Kariko ten 0 for all eternity, um, as long as we we're still good enough to to put a fight and win the league. I don't really care about this one-off fixture. It's just that it is interesting how this has gone on for twenty years. I mean, twenty years is a huge amount of time. Turkey was a very different place in nineteen ninety nine. Uh, a lot of people weren't even born. A lot of football fans weren't even born last time Galatasaray won a game like this. Since then, got Jim Bomb have won a UEFA Cup, have won a UEFA Super Cup, have won the league, the cup, the Super Cup in Turkey countless times, uh, reached two Champions League quarterfinals. All this stuff has happened. But yet, we just can't break this break this curse in Kadiko. For me, it's not the end of the world uh, that, that we can't do it. I just think it's it's annoying and interesting and irritating. But... It's not the kind of thing that uh, is going to give me sleepless nights, if I'm, if I'm totally honest. Andre, would you agree with that, Omar? Yeah, I think the similar, like, Ozer. Uh, uh, but, yeah, it's better to win the league uh, rather than uh, just winning one game because it's uh, just three points it, what what gives you. Uh, and also, Fatih mentioned it after the game. Uh it's all about the psychological aspects. Uh, it, yeah, as Özer said, uh, twenty years is a very long time. Uh, but uh, we have to uh, achieve something from it uh, and like uh, uh, learn how to win uh, in Kadıköy. But I believe there's a some kind of a curse uh, when we play there <laughs> because the ball doesn't. Just going like uh, as you see, uh, we hit the post both times uh, in these three years in a row, I think. Uh, and also, I remember like six years ago, Barosh uh, hit the post just oh. Oh, at man. the last second of the game. Uh, and also, ball bounced just in front of the Fenerbahce players, not even one Galatasaray player. Uh, so it's very hard to achieve some. Uh, win uh, from Kadikoy, uh, but uh, I think Galatasaray should work harder. Uh, and also the choices uh, made during the game from Fatih Terim was uh, uh, what made the game uh, resulted that way. Mm -hmm. uh, Sinan and uh, Kostas Mitrol choice was like dreadful. Uh, uh, I don't know what he. He was thinking about the. Wasn't changes. that maybe his? I mean, he, didn't he kind of have to put Mitrolo in at that point, where because Diagne was kind of on an island anyway already, and and, and it's late in the match. You have to start pump, try to pump that ball into the box and hope one of them gets to the end of it. Yes, uh, but uh, in those moments of the game, uh, I I don't think uh, more forwards mean more goals uh, because uh, unless you create any chances, it doesn't mean uh, any. Mm -hmm. thing at all uh, because after uh, Mitrol came in I didn't think I saw a cr cross uh, inside the box uh, 
There just was I one think shot Sinan's from position. a tight angle from Sinon, yeah, and, and yeah, that's yeah. It, I think. Yeah. He wasted the chance with his wicker foot. Uh, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think he knew what he was doing there. Uh, yeah, but do you remember? He went to be a hero. Yeah, do you remember last season that he scored a similar to that goal where he hit it with the weaker foot but hit it right? It was one of the final matches where it was really important. I don't remember exactly which game it was, but he got a very late winner. Uh, I want to say Antalya or something. Last it was season? Alanya. Alanya? Alanya, yeah. yeah. yeah and that's where he hit it. With, I think it was with his weaker foot as well there. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean... Yeah, but it... it yeah, Fenerbahce game was a tighter angle uh, yeah, in any way, uh, and you also have to try, a harder right? situation. Also, there are like three or four players inside the box, and Harun was off his line, uh, mm. so it, it was a poor choice. Uh, let's talk about Harun because did he did he ma- have to make a single save, like a, an actual proper save? Like yeah, no, we he had- could have taken a nap. And yeah. I think the same result would have happened. He didn't yeah. make any save yeah, that I, I know think, of. That, I think that's a problem, though. For 60 minutes against 10 men, uh, yeah, you should test the goalkeeper at least a couple times, right? And and um, let, let, let's talk about the, go- the referee in a bit, but that in its own is, is perhaps uh, a big part of a failure. Of course, you know, if Mehmetopa gets sent off, you're up against nine men, and, and then, then you'll get more space. Chances are more likely to come. But regardless, you're already up against 10 men. Of course, I'm not saying that Topa should not have been sent off or anything like that. But it's still not to test the goalkeeper once. It's, it does show that, that, that Galatasaray, despite all the motivation in the world they should have had for this match, given what happened the day before, it just didn't come out really. Um, we're, and, and you could see, I think, when Onyokuru scored, that was such a looked like such a load off of all of those players, off of the the guys on the bench, everyone, and then to still give it away. Um, yeah, it's 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 very. Can odd. I make one yeah. comment regarding yeah. Onyokuru's goal? Of course, that yeah. goal happened right after Skirto was sent off to get treatment. So we right. had nine players that's on true. the field when that's that true. happened. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, the, the fact that. It took nine players for a goal. So I to come up with a clear-cut chance to score a goal. It says a lot. And then once oh. that, once that we once we equalized, then the last five minutes, I'm like, I don't think they're gonna find a way to win the game. So and for us, it's like we just have to catch them making a mistake on one one chance, and hopefully convert, which did happen. Well, not really a mistake, but Soldado had a great. Uh, layoff for Altet, and yeah. we all know how bad Altet is. And yeah. I don't know why he came in the game. I would have put an Ayo personally, but for sure. or Zaich, anyone else. Uh, but I wouldn't even put Volkan in the game. Let him take the shot. I don't really don't care as long as not Altet <laughs> at this point. But um, that was another thing I just wanted to bring up with Onyekuru's goal. Like that happened when Shkirtel was off the field. Yeah. So the fact that okay. You yeah, got your goal. Now. It's a, it's a, it's a good point to make because yeah, it's a I mean it's an important block in that defense. Uh, someone in the center in the heart of that defense. It's a headed goal at the far post. Uh, but yeah, the the organization is is shooken up a little bit for a second there. So really, it does even make it worse in a way. Uh, but let's talk about the refereeing for a bit because I I think you all know how much I despise Mr. Ali Palabuyuk. Um and I can't help but feel that he was, yeah, 
Yeah, don't want to. I don't want to insult uh, the Fenerbahce fans, but I think he did everything he could to not not sabotage them, so to speak. I mean, he didn't want to give the red card. He gave a yellow in that position. I mean, I agree fully with Armand whether I I don't know if it was a foul because I couldn't tell from what I saw, and I I really don't understand how he, that, that 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 can be reverted that decision after the the footage that he watched. And as far as I know, the footage that we get to see is the footage as the referee is watching at that point. So I don't understand how he could have seen it, but. If he gives a fall and he gives a card, which he has to do because it's last man, it has to be red. It cannot be a yellow card. So he already did everything there. Oh, I'm going to give a yellow here. Well, then don't give the fall. That's just dumb. Um, and, then, and then, I mean, the top out situation, uh, how can you not send him off? That's, that's ridiculous. You can't understand that. And then, there, of course, there is the lead up to the Fenerbahce goal. Again, I'm not 100% sure there. Is it a fall or not? To me, it kind of looked like it, but I didn't get to look at the position multiple times. I just saw it the, the, the once or twice that they re- replayed it, and my first inclination was, that's a fall. Um, but I didn't watch it back multiple times, so I really can't say for sure. Uh, but I don't know. I felt Palabuk was very... Uh, yeah, like it wasn't a situation where I'm not going to disallow this goal because, you know, that's kind of what it felt like. Um, and, you know, of course, Besiktas have had uh, two... Uh, good games with Mr. Palabuk in charge against Fenerbahce, where he claimed a, 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 an important role in the match. And I just felt from the from the first minute, and, and you know, he was giving yellow cards to both sides. It has to be pointed out. But I, every time I watch this guy, and it was this match from the beginning on, it's like he craves the spotlight. He loves to stop the game at every opportunity he gets because he knows the camera is going to be on him and he just gets hard. I, I don't know. I, I'm sure if, if sure if you zoom in on his crotch, he's, he's got a boner when, he, when he's talking to the, to the player. No, I, I swear to God. No, but this is, this is, this is, this is a real thing. You know, there's, there's referees that, 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 that live for that, that love the attention, that love the spotlight and crave the spotlight. I think Ali Palabek is a perfect example of that kind of scumbag referee. And he was terrible. It's, he's, to me, he's the worst ref in the league because he just, yeah, he's, he, he, he horns on it, I swear. Um, I don't know. Burak, your thoughts on the referee's performance? Did he favor one side or another or was he just bad all around? Uh, what's your opinion? I just think he was bad all around. I think Belhanda should have got a second yellow card for his tackle on Saad Um The Mehmet Topol challenge, you know, um, there's only four times when the referee should go to VAR. Um, that is goal, no goal, penalty, no penalty, direct red card, mistaken identity. Goal, no goal, he didn't even go to VAR on that one. So um, VAR can only suggest that the referee reviews it and he just was like, nope, I'm not going to review it. I don't think he reviewed the goal, did he? He just had a chat with the the guy over the uh, headset and gave it. Um, wasn't even thinking about it, you know. Um, Mehmet Topal, you know, maybe could have been uh, could have been sent off, but um, if you're going to send him off, then you've got to send Belhander off as well for his um, um, tackle on Sardar Aziz. Um, I just think he had a he had a bad game. I don't know if he buckled under pressure. But like you say, he's a bit of a um, scumbag referee. He likes to be the centre <laughs> of attention, like like Junaid Chakur and you know Farad Hydros and all these you know. I don't know about Junaid. 
I mean, I'm not a fan. I'm not. I'm, I'm generally, you know, I wasn't too happy with this officiating of the Bashakshir Bishtash match, but in general, I, I kind of liked Junaid. I don't think he's someone who pulls the attention, the spotlight to him all the time. But you know, Dalstray fans have a you know, good, good reason to feel hard done by, and Ferabachi fans can look around and say, well, what about the the Belhanda incident? What about all the other incidents that have happened? And these these things even themselves out over the course of the season, my friends. So you just need to kick back, you know, crack open a bottle of Uladar Gozos, maybe open some Doritos Pancho and just crunch away and, you know, just, just think, think, think to next year. Um, Shut up, you bastard. I'm on a keto diet. I can't eat that stuff. <laughs> um, but Uzzer, what do you think? Was the ref... Uh, purposely sabotaging one side was he just really bad overall what's your thoughts on the uh, on things uh, i think he was generally horrific overall but the bit that really offended me um wasn't even topal's attempted murder on martin linus uh it wasn't even the delayed red card for hassan ali it was the foul on faguli that was missed because correct me if i'm wrong but he did actually check var after that incident but still gave the goal. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he did check for so, yeah. Did he, he check listened, for but He, I, I he listened, if... but didn't go yeah, to... Yeah, he listened, yeah. He didn't okay, go to watch. Right. Yeah. right, right. Okay, so whatever was said to him, whatever was whispered into his ear, obviously wasn't enough to convince him to even double-check, but I can't imagine what they would have said to have not even sparked mm -hmm. a little bit of intrigue in his mind to have gone to check that. I mean, yeah. it's a critical, critical moment in the game that led to the equalizing goal. It mm -hmm. couldn't be more critical than that. So for him to make the time to listen to his uh, advisors down in yeah. the bar office but, and not check, for me, is just yeah. totally abhorrent. We'll get to that fall in a minute. Uh, Armand, what, what's your opinion on the referee overall? Did he, did he sabotage one team? Probably Galtzray in that case. Or was he just bad overall? Um, I thought he was just bad overall. Uh, as for the foul on Fagerly before a goal, I think because he sent off Hassan Ali, mm -hmm. he gave the goal. Compensation. So, because I, I think he played the, uh, I won't make it out of your life if I dis, uh, disallow this goal. I think if the game was still 0-0 and we had scored that goal, he would have called it off. He wouldn't have, uh, he would have cancelled that goal. Mm -hmm. I think it was more of, I, I already sent off Hassan Ali, which was already you know, debatable enough and if I cancel that goal, you know, I'm going to hear it. And I don't think he wants that. And I, it's pretty, like, common for referees to have makeup calls. I mean, we see it all the time. So whether it's justified or not, whether it's justified or not. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that red card played a factor into allowing our goal. Because yeah, the ones that I'm like, yeah, I, I can see a foul. Yeah, yeah, it's like I, can, I, can, I saw the foul. Okay. And... But I'm not surprised he gave me a goal because um, I honestly at this point you can't really expect anything new. Like it's actually you can't you can always find something new with these referees, but it's more of like you're just hoping that like, okay, the bilateral law this is a foul, so he's obviously gonna call it. Nope, he gives the goal. Like it they just make decisions that kind of make you second guess if you really know the rule book or not. Or if they change the rule book for that specific play. And then they change it back after the room, uh, you know, called. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Umus, your thoughts on uh, the ref? I don't think I've asked you yet, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, in addition to what Uzer said, uh, was uh, just before Feguli is brought down, uh, there's an incident involving Onyekuru and Shkertel. Uh, Onyekuru was brought down by Shkertel, but uh, when he was on the ground, Shkertel uh, went on him and, like, uh, I think shouted at him. And uh, yeah, he told was him to also stop being a little bitch. <laughs> was also brought down by Onyekuru, who was uh, just rolling on the ground. And but after that incident, Onyekuru got booked. Uh, but uh, after the incident, uh, we see on the screen that uh, uh, Shkertel like uh, uh, planted uh, his foot on Onyekuru's feet, uh, which should be a foul in Galatasaray's favor. Mm. And also. Uh, a position in conflicting uh, uh, the referee's decision is uh, when Belhanda was booked uh, in the, I think the, just early on in the game, uh, uh, falling to Valbuena, uh, mm -hmm. just on the uh, opponent's end of the pitch, uh, a yellow shouldn't be a case in my thinking. But if that's a yellow, uh, it should be the same uh, when Valbuena handled the ball. Uh, in the middle of the pitch, uh, denying a Galatasaray counter-attack. Uh, That's a yellow, it, yes. Uh, but it wasn't given. I think uh, that was on purpose on referee's side. Uh, and I have to mention it during mm -hmm. the game. Okay, um, now we've talked about the referee in general a little bit about the match. But now let's talk about the key points in this match. There's two crucial points uh, involving um, the red card for Hassan Ali Calder and of course leading up to the Fenerbahce goal. Now I'm gonna throw to Uzer first. Uzer, the Hassan Ali Calderum Diagne position. Now I'm not gonna ask you red or, or, or yellow because it's a red card if it's a fall, but was it a fall? Mm -hmm. If that would happen like 20 meters in front uh, with, without it being a last man position, is that a fall in your opinion? Yes, because he did just, there's just enough contact there to put the player off balance. Uh, and Jagne falls in such a way, in such a theatrical way, I'll admit that, but in such a way that confirms the referee's decision that there's, that, that there's been contact. It does, from some angles, look as though he tripped over his own feet. And given the type of player that Jagne is, I think that's, uh, that's, that was pretty likely a lot of people's first thought as well. <laughs> but I think it's just enough contact there. Yeah. Oh, Amon, what do you think? You, I know you've said already earlier that you're still not sure, but what, what, what's your your thought at this time? Do you think there was contact? And if so, was it enough for Diagne to stumble? It's enough contact where they'll call a foul like outside the penalty box, but if it's in the penalty box, they will not call it. But the fact that I see Diagne's feet tangled up, which was the reason he fell, makes me cause the pause and I feel like if that was if that did not happen he would still be he wouldn't be on the ground and who knows what would happen on that play whether he would score probably not or like who knows but uh, the fact that I didn't uh, I didn't notice him tripping over his legs until like later on in the game at mm -hmm. first I'm like there's minimal contact and I see legs get tangled up so for me I'd lead towards no but I'd probably have to watch another, like, 50 times. Um, Burak, same question. Um, well, let's just look at the facts, right? 
Mohamed Jagner is one meter, 93 centimeters tall, right? It probably weighs about what, 90 kilos, solid muscle. And you've got Hassan Ali Calderon, probably a good maybe 10, 15 centimeters shorter, probably weighs 75 kilos soaking wet. Are you telling me that Hassan Ali with his effeminate handshake touch on Jagner's hand is going to pull him down when Jagner's running full force towards the goal? Have a day off. Get in the bin. Um, not not a foul. Um, Jagner's just a you know he's just a donkey. He's tripped over his own two feet. He's an absolute garbage centre forward um, for the last since he's been a Galatasaray. He's just you know failed to perform. He's just been woeful. Um, and he he's he's tripped up over his own feet. You know, there's no way Hassan Ali is pulling him down. You know, with with the strength that Jagner has and his sheer size and power but, but did he Anywhere put him down or did he put him out of balance because i mean you can be as big as strong as you want if you're running at full speed and somebody gives you a light tap that can be enough for you to trip a light okay a light tap on the hand never no there's no I, other contact i don't know was it on the hand i don't know it was on the hand uh, you okay. know there, there's no contact on his like forearm or it was a like shin. A shoulder or something like I said, I didn't see it. I, I really, I really couldn't tell yeah. from what I saw, and I didn't think they gave proper replays. I could really tell them. So, uh, if if you if it's if he tick, ticks him on the hand, then it seems indeed very uh, weird. I mean, the only way yeah. he can get out of balance really if is he gets if he gets actually a, a little bit. Of, it can be a slight push, but if he gets like a slight push on his back, on his shoulder, something like that, something. But his hand is not going to bring him out of balance. So, then I'm kind of inclined to agree with you, uh, Umut. Rebuttal time. What was it? Fall or no fall? I think there's a brush of a contact uh, to Jagne and uh, uh, which uh, led him to lose his balance. Uh, but was the I contact think it's on his hand? Foul. Because then it seems a little weird that he would lose. I his think balance. it's. Uh, it's uh, I don't think it's in the hand, but like uh, uh, above the knee, uh, kind of challenge, uh, which uh, made his feet uh, like a stumbled and uh, lead, led him to the uh, falling situation. Uh, also, uh, I, th- I didn't see Hassan Ali being like objecting to the referee after the decision. Yeah, but that so, should not. That, I that think it, yeah, I, noticed, I noticed. I mean, VAR, VAR, the VAR yeah. decision is going to be final, so he doesn't matter how much he protests. I think that's the most. I mean, we see it, of course, where people are protesting VAR decisions still, but that's the most pointless thing you can protest at this point because it's never going to get overturned. Um, I yeah, I don't know. I think when Hassan saw him go to VAR, then he knew he was yeah. going to get sent off. I think it's a foul, in my point of view. Okay. Hassan um, should be bouncing off Jack there. Come on. <laughs> Let's move over to the next position. And I'm going to start with uh, Arman this time. Arman, um, bef- in the build up for the Fenerbahce goal, is there a fall on uh, Sofian Feguli? Yes. Okay, sh- sweet and short. That's it. Uh, um, yep. Umut, what do you think? Fall on Sofian Feguli? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Burak? Yeah, it's a foul, but fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ozer, of course. Uh, what do you think, fall or no fall? Yeah, no debate. Okay, no so debate, we've got fall. a little Net. bit. 
Yeah, so I think we're, we're, we can say uh, a unanimous agreement there. There's a fall in the build-up for the Fenerbahce goal. The, the Hassan Ali Calderum uh, red card... I, I, I'm kind of torn on it as well. I'm, I'm, I'm more. I'm not saying definitively no, but I'm definitely not saying definitively yes either. I need to watch more replays. And my big contestation here is I don't understand how the referee can, from the footage he saw, for as briefly as he saw it, I don't know how he can definitively say it's a red card either. So uh, leaves a little bit of a puzzling notion to me. But anyway, um, that's as much as we're going to talk about that. Let's talk about one more thing, and that's Galtzrae's title aspirations. Are their title dreams over now? Was this their last chance? Or are they going to get another attempt at this? Uh, Uzzer, going to throw to you first. Title dreams over or still alive? Well, I don't want to contradict my, what I said earlier uh, when you asked me about Bashakshir. I still think Bashakshir is going to win the league, but it's going to go right down to the wire. Um, five points difference now. We're still going to play Bashakshir. I think Gala will beat Bashakshir here. Um, I think the, the, the most crucial thing for this weekend was always the other match. In, in fact, it was Bashakshir and Bashikdash game, which was more important because I think a lot of fans, I mean, including myself here, didn't expect to go and beat Fener in Kaduko. I almost took this thinking a draw would be a good result uh, and a win would be totally exceptional. So I think given the fact that Bashak Shahid lost, I think it gives us a bit of hope. It'll go down to the wire, but I still think Bashak Shahid have enough quality and enough steam to carry themselves over the line. Um, Arman, same question. Um... They still have a chance because they do play Bashakshir, so they can. If they both win out, they can at least drop it to two points and hope for the best on the last week. But of course, there's still a few more games to play beforehand. But um, I still think Bashakshir is going to win it, and I feel like if they do win it, then Galatasaray fans are going to look back to this game, saying that we should have won this game because I think if Galatasaray did win this game, all they would have to do is win out. And beat Bashakshir, and then that would, that, that would be it. Of course, also I still have Bishikash to play uh, in at home, though, so they don't have to go to uh, Vodafone. Um, but I think they blew a very good chance after Bashakshir dropped dropping points the day be- the day before. Yeah, Burak, same question. I think it's going to come down to the Galatasaray Bashakshir game. I think that's going to be a, a title. To- Exciting game. Um, like uh, Arman just said, Galatasaray got to play Besiktas still. Besiktas continue on this run of form. That could be a tricky game, but it's going to be at Vodafone and that's no, probably get Turk Telecom. Um, that's Turk Telecom. Sorry, I'll, I'll get my Shebekes mixed up sometimes <laughs> when I'm excited, shall we say. So that's going to be Turk Telecom, but I, I'd expect Galatasaray to win that with maybe a little bit of help from Abdul Rahman Al Bayraq's crying. Um, they'll probably get that game. Um, but I think I think Galatasaray still are still in with a chance. If both teams have still got to play Rizespor as well, who are going to give them a good game, and I think it's going to come down to Galatasaray. I think the league will set it up to make that the title decider, um, and it'll be interesting. But I'm going to say Galatasaray still have a chance. Okay. Um, then I think the next question I had is a little bit redundant. I was going to ask whether uh, 
Are Galatasaray going to salvage second place or are they, are they going to give it away in the last six weeks? But I think that's a, a discussion to be had in a couple more weeks, perhaps. Um, but let's move over to the final match on match day 28. And that one was Erzurum Spore against Akisar Spore. This one, major relegation implications, a crucial match. Whoever lost this one could probably uh, call it quits. Uh, especially if that losing side would be Erzurum and it looked like it was going to be Erzurum for a while there after uh, Elvis Manu had put an Akisar ahead in the 60th minute but as has happened quite often this season Akisar take the lead in the second half but lose the match and that same thing happened here after uh, Ibrahim Agda had equalized in the 73rd minute and then just four minutes later Gilles Sunu made it 2-1 in the 77th minute. Both assists on that goal coming from Emra Bashan. And I don't remember if it's the first or the second goal, but uh, Lukac should really have come out uh, to put pressure on Emre uh, to prevent... I think that was the equalizer. So uh, Akisar, after their win last week on Gustepe, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they were about to almost crawl out of that relegation zone, at least going on level points with Gustepe, just one point behind Bursa Spor with a win, but then they gave it away, Erzurum Spor get their first win under new coach Hamza Hamzaolo, and hold on, now they have uh, 25 points, so with a win against Bursa, I believe they play Bursa uh, next week, or the week after, uh, I know Umut's got the got the, got the fixtures up, uh, but Erzurum still playing Bursa. Akis are still playing Bursa too, I think. So relegation zone is extremely exciting right now. Um, Erzurum hold on a lifeline. They can still stay in. It's gonna be tough without a doubt. And I think we already spoke a lot about the relegation zone, and everyone already kind of gave us favorites for who is going to go down. Um, but I'm going to ask you too, Arman, who do you think are going to be the three lucky ones to play in the TFF First Division next season? I think the fact the fact that Akisar lost, I think that was their chance to like maintain. I think they still have it. They still have a chance, but it's not looking good after the, today's game. Erzurum, I, I think that that's one favorite I have. Bursa is another one I think is going to drop. And the third one is I'm still not so long, uh, like certain yet, but I probably would throw an Akisar. I wouldn't be surprised if they won uh, a couple like a couple games to get them back in, you know, get them back safe, but. Um, I can see Erzurum and Bursa dropping because Bursa has been dreadful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I think Gustep has been dreadful too. I think a lot's going to be decided in the next three matches. We're going to probably know. Uh, but at this point, I think the ones who are in the bottom three are probably going to go down. Uh, even though, uh, if I'm quite honest, I would prefer uh, Gustep to stay up. But they just seem to have too little up front to really keep them there. Um, Bursa. Also, um, keep in mind, Bursa and Gustepe do play each other in the 33rd week. So. Bursa, Bursa and Gustepe still play each other. I, I, Bursa, Bursa still plays Akisar and do still play Erzurum as well. So I'm not mistaken. Umut, can you pull up the, the next three fixtures for the relegation candidates, please? Yeah. And uh, Gustepe has the Cameron Jerome effect. Don't forget that. Uh, Gustepe is uh, facing Erzurum Sport at home next week uh, and. Bashakshir away, uh, and 
coming back to Izmir uh, to play with Antalya Spor uh, and and home again with Sivasspor uh, and the final two matches are like uh, Bursaspor versus Gustave and Gustave versus Ankara Gücü. Okay. What about uh, the other uh, Erzurum? What about Erzurum Spor? Erzurum Spor will face Gustave next week. Uh, Antalya Spor next week away. And then come to Erzurum uh, to play with Bursa Spor. Then go to Malatya to play with Malatya Spor. Then face to Fenerbahce and Kaiser Spor. And Akisar? Uh, Akisar is uh, facing uh, versus Antalya Spor. Then they will play a Turkish Cup versus Imrania Spor, uh, which will uh, make them uh, tired, I think. Uh, and they will face Bursa Spor away, Akisar Spor, yeah, and they will go to Malatya. Uh, or wait, wait. Uh, they will face Malatya at home, Fenerbahce away. Uh, at home with Kaiser Spor and the final matches against Konya Spor away. Yeah, very difficult and I think there's only Bursa Spor left and they have all these other teams still in their schedule if I'm not mistaken, uh, Umut. Yeah, uh, wait a minute. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bursa Spor will face Kasım Pasha uh, away. Uh, then they will face against Akisar. Uh, after that they will go to Erzurum uh, and uh, Antalyaspor away a second time and Göztepe and after that they will face Malatyaspor. I think yep. the hardest one is uh, Göztepe uh, which is uh, playing against Başakşehir. Yeah. Yeah. They all, the other ones have had all the, the, the big clubs already uh, have all had uh, the well except for maybe Malatyaspor is still in there so Malatyaspor could actually be the deciding factor in the relegation battle because they play all of these teams still if I'm not mistaken so uh, they could make some good coin if they just sell those games um, but that'll do it for uh, the match day 28 uh, results uh, let's quickly have a look at uh, the table I'm just gonna pull that up here uh, there we go. So the match day twenty nine after match day twenty nine is done and dusted. Medieval Bashakshir still at the top of the table with sixty one points. Galtry in second place with fifty six. Bishiktesh are in third with fifty three and are now eight points behind the leaders and three points behind Galatasaray. And then, of course, we have Trabzonspor closing off the top four with nine, uh, 49 points, continuing to stay four points behind Besiktas. And Besiktas still have to go to Trabzon, so that could still be interesting. Then for that fifth place, which we have already mentioned a couple of times, which could still give right to Europa League tickets, we have three teams that are on level points there. Uh, we have Malatyaspor, Alanyaspor and Antalyaspor all on 38 points. Then we have two teams on 37 points with Chaiko Rizespor and Kasim Pasha. And then we still have two points on 36 uh, teams on 36 points with Kaiserispor and Sivaspor. Uh, Chaiko Rizespor, of course, looking really good right now, but they play Bashakshir, so they uh, could be dropping some points, but we don't know yet. Uh, and then let's look at the bottom of the table, where Akisar is dead bottom right now with 24 points. Erzurum Sport in uh, 17th place with 25. In 16th place, Gustepe with 27. And then we have Bursa Spor in uh, 15th place with 28 points. And then there's a 5-point gap with Fenerbahce and... Uh, 
Ankara, uh, no, with Fenerbahce, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, Fenerbahce kind of out of the relegation zone now. I think those five points will definitely, well, those six points really, will definitely uh, be enough for them. But those four teams still very much in the battle, in the tick of things. Um... But I think that'll do it for this week. We had a very lengthy Derby discussion. I want to thank all of you gentlemen for coming on and uh, yeah, giving your thoughts on the Fenerbahce Galatasaray Derby. Uh, so thank you all and uh, thank you for listening to Football Alaturka episode 9 and we hope to have you all back next week for episode 10. Thank you and good night, good morning or good afternoon whenever you listen to this program. Indeed, indeed. And um, on behalf of myself, I'd like to say thank you to Umut and uh, Azad. Um, as much as we are rivals, life wouldn't be the same without Carlson in it. So thank you for oh, giving us stuff to talk about. Very kind of you. The one compliment you've ever heard of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>